0: I got you. I got you hooked in here, Tom. You're in the group. Now. I got uh, Nolan and, uh Mark Ramey. I'm on
1: that. That's and Carrie. Kerry. Carrie's on. Yep, Carrie, I didn't know you were going to be on. I'm glad you're on. Yes, <laughs> I am.
2: I want to make sure that you guys tell the truth as I know it.
1: <laughs> I
2: might learn something, too. I didn't know, and I can't miss that. Well,
1: yeah, you'll learn a few stories. I, I don't think I've told you about a few.
0: <laughs> Coming to you live on a Monday night I have an incredible group of legends of the industry, and I'm going to keep myself muted for most of this uh, interview because there's going to be just a lot of history and a lot of knowledge uh, told, and I can't wait to share it with everybody. But I know that Tom Klinger's here, Carrie Klinger's here, Nolan is here, and uh, Mark Rainey's here. Carrie? Yeah. It's I'm time. Good. You
2: ready?
0: You, re- yeah. you ready, young lady? Everybody that i talked to today from your podcast wants to know, how did Russ Harkma woo you off your feet? Tell me the story.
2: (laughs) Well, you really want to know the truth?
0: I'll tell you my love story with my wife if you tell me your love story with your first husband.
2: It was this simple. We were showing cattle in Oklahoma City, and I had a steer that kept getting away, and... I went over and asked Russ what to do about it, and he said, let me give you some Everclear. <laughs> and that's how it started.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Not real romantic, but that's the truth.
1: <laughs> I've got to tell this real quick about Tom. I think Mike was showing a steer I sold him at Missouri State Fair. and It was real, real hot. Tom was there sweating. Of course, he's a nervous wreck. The steers were getting them ready, and it's hot. And I had this combination I mixed up to just the steer was a little bit antsy, and Mike wasn't uh, very big at that time, but we were drinking water like crazy too. You know, ice water. But I had a styrofoam cup of Everclear sitting there. looked like water, see? I caught see through the corner of my eye. He takes a sip. Nope, 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 nope. Ah! You've seen the sweat roll in. <laughs> He's drinking straight Everclear out of that cup.
0: Uh, Tom, did you see the picture that Carrie sent me of you and her, you and her? late 70s or somewhere in that time frame, sale at Tyrone Hollinger's, and you're wearing a leather coat.
3: That was a long time ago.
0: (laughs) You were a good-looking old rascal back then before the hair turned away.
3: I I looked different back then. I had a couple
0: good years. Here's what i got to ask you. Brad Brad Otto specifically called me and asked me to ask you this. Where were you headed after that sale that you wore a leather coat to look at Ty's cattle. <laughs> uh,
3: I didn't want her to think that uh, we were hillbillies all the time. Uh, and, and I can tell you a story on that. When we went to, after the sale, we had to stop and fuel up. And she went into the station I remember, to get a bottle of uh, pop to drink. And when she came out, I said get in the vehicle quick quick we got to go we got to go i said i didn't have money to pay for the fuel we got to get out of here you know <laughs> and I said, carrie was so nervous she thought we were going to be locked up and never get back <laughs> to her and she said we gotta pay for you we can't do that
0: go ahead
2: As my mom used to send me with him because she said go with your dad and make sure he stays out of trouble
0: and- i was trying to get tyrone hullinger on this call tonight it didn't end up working out But I had about a 10-minute conversation with Carlin Hullinger earlier today. And I'm ready to reveal to the world how Ty and Carlin uh, met back in the day, which I think everybody that listens to the podcast wants to know. She was was from the city, and she was 22 years old. I believe Ty is just three or four years older than him, according to her. And uh, she was working at a booth there at the American Royal. The steer show is getting ready to go on. And Ty asked her two questions that day. You want to know what those two questions were? He asked Carlin <laughs> if she would marry him on the very, one of the very first things that, she, that Ty ever said to her. And then, uh, a minute or two later, or he might have came back a little bit later in the day, he asked Carlin if, uh, she would lead his bull out to tie outs for him. And Carlin <laughs> said, I don't know anything about cows. And and Ty said, said, you're right, because that ain't a cow, that's a bull. (laughs) And
3: Tyrone, one of the first people when I came over here, started dealing, working with her, and that is the truth. Tyrone saw her. Tyrone said, you know, I'm going to marry that girl. Never even been with her yet and uh, she come in the deal that night with her boyfriend. Tyrone pulled over there by the table and within a half hour the boyfriend she was with her and he was gone. He was mad and gone. And Tyrone was with Carlin and that was just American Royal and when Chicago come, which they used to go, which was the month later at
0: the International, they were married. Little old Tyrone Hollinger. what a ladies man. Whoop 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 there's a there's a specific story of uh david shane pulling out of the 1999 nebraska agr and they had the their trailer door open for 20 miles the back door and and this steer cowboy that ended up winning the state fair the next summer could have could have leapt out of the trailer for 20 miles they drove out of columbus nebraska it's only a fun story to tell because that steer didn't jump out and he went on to win the state fair and this Carlin and Ty Hellinger story is extremely fun to tell because that was a story 55 or 60 years ago, and they are still together to this day. Oh, yeah. So all you, all you young pups, uh, if you see one that you really like, just tell her you're going to marry her on the very first time you talk to her. <laughs> Here we go. Forty-four years after the fact, Nolan Fleshner tells the story how he turned his white steer black. Let's go. And then, Nolan, if if you could, if you feel comfortable, you don't have to tell it if you don't want. But many people want to know how you turn a charlotte steer black, and you <laughs> didn't get in trouble for doing yours like old Eldon Miller did. And I don't think there was a rule against it. I have no idea. I'm just saying. I, I don't think we're revealing anything that. Shouldn't be revealed if we told that story, but it's up to you whether you tell it. So go ahead, YouTube. Know, you
1: there's a very few people that knew it till just lately, and I and they and uh, John Griswold. You know, just the other day, I told him real quick that you know I I told him about that because there's a you know in your in your yep. montage pictures you ran there was a charlotte colored steer. I told John right. Griswold about. It. He called me that next that morning when it was on podcast and, and and uh anyway he had just looked at part or listened to part of the con uh podcast because he's working cattle anyway I, you you asked me how we did it you know back then of course troy thomas and i actually bought that steer together and uh up there in south dakota state fair i always went up there and kathy went up there quite a few years with me too and and uh and then troy and the uh, yeah, I always got their steers up there afterwards, and and uh, you know, and then I'd take them on to Kansas City or Louisville or something. But but anyway, we bought Troy and I, Troy Thomas and I bought this Charley steer. He was just a kid yet; yeah. I think he was sixteen yet. Yeah. Anyway, so I meet him at Omaha at uh, the Exarbin with him, and I take him home, and and I thought, well, shoot, this you know, nobody. Nobody would use a charlotte colored or off color. It had to be black. I don't care if anybody said it. If you come in with, I had a red one, real good red one one time that I got from Clap there in Denver and shoot, he's like fifth or sixth, you know. And he's a standout, but he's off colored. And, but anyway, took that steer home and, of course, fed him. And, and I got to thinking, oh, a couple of weeks before the show at Kansas City, I might as well shoot I might as well just make him black you know and uh just I, I knew Elder Miller before he did that up there in uh you know Denver so anyway I got the idea actually but because of him you know and he he gave me a few pointers that I won't discuss because I promised him I never would so I won't but uh Anyway, I mean, it's... Fine. Oh, come on, man. It's 44 uh, years. Come on. I'll, I'll never do it. You're a man of your word, Nolan. That, nobody can take yeah. that away
0: from you. Uh,
1: and, uh, but anyway, I, you know, I get nervous, stuff like that, and, and my Her. older sister was a beautician, and, of course, Kathy, if you, if you knew Kathy, my wife, I mean, she's game for anything, and and she she, I mean, she is a good one, and, but anyway... Um uh, I asked Karen if if she and Kathy could dye this steer black. And Karen came over there and, you know, she said, yeah, we can figure this out. And, of course, that was dye back then. It, you know, you could kill them with that dye back then. They'd weld up. And some people had, mm. you know, that truck after I did that, even a friend of mine that, you know, wouldn't tell him, he tried to dye a steer. And, and he welded up so bad he had to ship him slaughter or i think they just butchered him because you know you couldn't sell them and uh anyway i think they just butchered him but anyway of course karen knew how to handle that she got some cream out of california that you dye just a part of the steer at a time and then you wash it out or rinse it out and this is hum, this is regular old hair dye you know it's dangerous and uh, anyway uh and then she, they died, this steer, like, it took two and a half, three days to do it. They just died part of the time. You know, just put the cream all over where they died every time and then wash that out. See, it? that's a long process. And of course, me and Bill Haskins from, uh, Illinois, he, I, he, thought, he bought steers from them and stuff. And so we just thought we'd go, you know, spend a week over there in, uh, the, in, uh, Nebraska and out west looking at calves. So that's what we did. And then, Come back and and man, did they do the job? And had uh, eyelashes black and I mean, his inside his ears was all everything's black. And actually, actually, his nose was blacker than an Angus nose, black nose, really. If that that's what the deal was, and then take him to Kansas City and he ends up winning. But uh, I got a real one story. I want takes too long to tell about Peyton Scott.
0: The punchline of one of this story is, is I believe he was standing next to you, and whenever the steer was selected in Kansas City, you turned to him and said, "You owe me a hundred dollars, or whatever the bet was," and he didn't know what you were talking I told, about.
1: I told him, I told him, uh, he owes me, and he said, "Yeah, that's it. I owe you for?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "I said, well, that's that Charley steer we had bet on, But Nobody knew the steer's died, except Kathy and I and my sister and and Troy." He, he didn't see until he got there later on, but anyway. Um, so Peyton hauls him in and gets him measured and gets him weighed and tagged, and he he brings him back and parks his trailer at that facility is at Lathrop, Missouri. So so anyway, I thanked him and uh, went on, you know. And uh, anyway, the next day, of course, the sale was, and and uh, he bought that bull. That evening, uh, Bud Bud told me you got to show that steer in the morning, you know, or tomorrow. I said I know it. I'll be in there. Kathy was already in there at Kansas City at the hotel, and and, uh, so I said I'll I'll get him there. And I hauled him in about three o'clock in the morning, and and, uh, next day was show day, and and he ends up winning, and that's when I standing right beside Peyton and told him he owed me. Went after everybody's cheering, and I, I was standing there right by Peyton, and said, "Well, you owe me."
0: He said, "What the hell I owe you for?" <laughs> and I said, "Well,
1: that's that charlotte uh, Pier that we had that bet on." He said, "You sorry blankety blank? I can't believe you got me!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's part of the whole deal. <laughs> right if you knew, mm-hmm. knew Peyton Scott, he he was the king mm-hmm. of Texas. I mean the very king, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. I made up to him. for the next two years, he had I sold him the uh, next two years. I sold him the grand uh, Fort Worth steer. The next two years, so he won two years in a row with my steers. So I, I made he I made it up to him. <laughs> One the other uh,
0: profound thing that I remember from our conversation the other night is Nolan. I mean, I don't know in what context you told it to me, but you were just like some people were trying to win shows for the vanity of it back then, but you were just simply trying to make a living. So it was just all well, about trying, that's, trying that's to make the, the most thing, money I possible. Never,
1: I never, you know, after the girls were done, I had a lot of steers that I would let people have or do a deal with, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of guys that don't even take care of those steers till show day, you know, and... Uh, and I mean they and they'd get them ready too. Most of them, you know, they'd have them already. And I'd, I'd, I I I wasn't even getting the pictures. I don't care. I can't. You know, I always, when I since I was a kid, I, you know, I think I told that story that I showed in 4-H at the state fair one time. But then they were starting to sell the open steers, and I thought, why in the heck showing 4-H when you can you got money to get? You know, I I always I always said you can't eat trophies. And that's mm-hmm. that's what that's what mm-hmm. the old guys always told me in the past, don't eat trophies. <laughs> so so
4: mm-hmm. that's you
1: know, the kids always like them, but I don't even know where they are. You know, I just I might have a few pictures. The kids got all the pictures, you know, but
3: Nolan and I I can tell you a story. We went to uh um uh, Texas to look at uh Stinger at uh, Kevin Newman's um and right. the main bull. And Nolan yeah. and I went down there, but uh, the a story I wanted to say about that, I, I used to go with Tyrone and help him at his pub calf sale in Texas, and Ty would sell a hundred and calves plus. And I, oh, yeah. I, like I told you before, uh, Nolan was the clipper man and and Ty and stuff, but I I just did the work in the background, and Tyrone would put me in the wash rack, and I'd wash a hundred of them calves. <laughs> the clip, and I I looked wrung out. I was in the war track from daylight (laughs) till dark, and that's about what I did. He was getting rigged. He was rigged. uh, (laughs) uh, But anyway, the the story of telling me, we went to uh, Kevin Newman's to look at Stinger when Maine started, and Nolan Nolan and I went down there, and Denny Dillard, uh, you'd have to know him, a, a little short guy, but he he was uh, always uh, in Texas, and uh, he was friends with Newmans. And we went to the Newmans' ranch, and we Nolan and I went out and looked at Stinger and uh, and Denny Dillard come in there. And all he saw me was washing at Tyrone's calves or seeing me at Texas doing that. And he said, "This." This bull I got out here is a high-dollar bull. I mean, I mean, you're just a service station attendant or wash boy,
1: wash <laughs> boy, you know.
3: And, uh,
0: and uh, he said,
3: I, I want a lot of money for this bull. You remember Nolan? He wadded up a twenty-dollar oh, yeah. bill and flipped it to bulls because he was standing in a hole. And he said, Get out of that hole, God damn it! I I want to sell you for some money, you know. And uh, anyway, uh, he, uh, uh, Nolan and I brought to Bull and wrote this, this check for $20,000. And uh, Kevin said, my gosh, I, you must do more than work at the filling station, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: uh,
3: i just never forget. Nolan just kind of laughed. and uh, He said, yeah, I uh, I think we. I think this check will go through, you know.
0: <laughs> I guess I guess Deany Diller didn't know about that million acres in Brazil. <laughs> no, he didn't know anything about that.
3: He didn't know anything. I, I've had a good time with uh, Mark and Nolan, and they would come to the shows that I. But Nolan and I butted heads all through when we were kids at the county yeah. fair. and and I was yeah. known when that stairs caught on fire and yeah. we we ran that, around a lot. You know, yeah.
1: that was that was kind of a, a kind of a tough deal after that for a while, you know, but the next year I think that was the year that I had granted in sixty eight at least.
0: So But only here's a comparison that only you guys would be able to make or or people in your age bracket and caliber, which ain't very many. Uh, compare the two bulls, Cunha and Stinger. Those are both main bulls, correct? You always hear about yeah, people talking about Cunha. Yeah. Just so, compare those okay. two bulls, because I know nothing. Well, Cunha I
3: mean, was Cunha, Cunha, Cunha was a really good, Nolan knows, uh Cunha had more reputation. Nolan knows. Yeah, Cunha was
1: an old bull. Cunha was one of the first imported bulls in in the mains, but, I mean, he was really popular and really doing good, and then uh, we Tom and I get Stinger and uh of course I had him on display and I remember Eldon Miller came over there. Of course I've known Elvin for a long time. This has been about eighty six or something. And uh anyway I had him tied in there and Tom was helping me and we had some club calves too, remember Tom? There we we're trading yeah. out in the yard. And yeah. And anyway, uh, boy that bull was good and you know he wasn't real hairy like the mains are now but he was he didn't have to have hair I'd, I'd show people him wet any day and uh anyway he was smaller than at the time than most of the mains were so he was right at the time uh um oh um well sugar ray was coming in about the same time and sugar way is being starting to be used and then they saw cunyan what i did there at Denver, there's a new stud that came around and wanted to do a deal with him so i I sat down with him and I told him what I'd do. See he' just a year old, so I told him what I'd do, and I already collected the bowl I collected semen on him when he was ten months old, and it was good at at Doc Scotts in Illinois, but anyway, so I had some semen on him. But I did a deal with this new stud that they get 6,000 units they pay us they they pay for the collection at doc scott's and and uh nickels i held him tomorrow Nichols, a little bit later and uh anyway they get they paid up the, for the first six six thousand units and fifteen dollars a unit that's that's ninety thousand dollars see mm. and that was our guarantee so anyway that's what they did and uh so tom takes him home <laughs> i might as well tell this story on you tom yeah
0: it, it,
1: it wasn't tom's fault really but anyway he takes stinger you know he's already got six thousand units in the stud and all that stuff and and he it's time to kick him out on some some young cows and and uh so they work the cows and he puts, they go out together with, the, with Stinger, and, and I guess, that didn't Tom, didn't you notice him acting a little weird right away? Yeah, yeah, yeah but I didn't, with that dirt, I, I dirt 40. Dirt Band, yeah, dirt yeah. Band 44, or Durs Band 40, or something like that, it was called, and right on the bottle, it says, do not continental cattle, and uh, mm. anyway, so that, it. And then he, you hold him to Iowa State, and he died on the table there, didn't he, Tom? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. But he so couldn't the pour exotic, and I poured
3: him.
4: Yeah. Then
1: see, he he was real popular at first, like Sugar Ray was, but but uh, and then the shorthorn guys were using him because he was registered as a three quarter shorthorn, too at the same time because the
0: main energies that oh, the yeah. shorthorns
1: came out of the same herd herd book.
0: Just for the people that don't know, like Maine and Jew bulls, he was red or red and white, wasn't he?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's red and white. I mean, yeah. red and white Maine bulls in the 80s and 90s could cross over into the short horn deal. Uh, yeah. And the funny joke is this is a joke that I've heard, maybe you've got heard the same joke, but uh, I believe someone once told me the best purebred short horn cattle in the world. Aren't actually purebred Shorthorn cattle.
1: Springer was in a lot of your top Shorthorns, and he way in the back. Have a lot of the birds. The they even say
0: they even say the same thing about the best purebred Angus. Maybe some of them don't all go back to purebred Angus. Maybe here and there. Just briefly, could you mention that bull Cunha and what he was good at or what, what were his features? His notoriety even 50 years later or 40 years later, was he a late 60s bull or early 70s bull or what was Cunha? Oh, he'd,
1: he'd been uh, 60s, late 60s, probably early 70s. He, well, early 70s because they started coming in. He ended up coming into the States. I don't know who owned him. but. but in maine and like New
0: little... cattle, maine Jew cattle came in from Italy, is that correct? Uh.
1: Gosh, what was it now? <laughs> it was France, wasn't it? Right
4: okay, okay.
1: Heck, I'm not sure. Come think of it. I knew it back then. But I can't remember. But, sure. But see, so was, uh, probably yeah. the hottest went for and his type. I mean, he was a little blockier, a little stouter. And then when he died, that's when Stinger's semen went up like crazy. But see, when he before he died. That stud went broke, and uh, mm. and and uh, anyway, uh, I guess Tom got a letter or something in you, and they wanted to sell it all for like five bucks a unit. Of course, back then, you know, hell, I didn't have the money, and you know, to buy it all. And I had some anyway, but uh, old Cropa in South Dakota buys a slug of it before he no got kidding. up to two like hundred. 200- it, see, 'cause see, because he took over, he took Cunha's place when he, when Cunha died. Then then everybody was using Stinger, and he got real high. And but Kropa up there in South Dakota, he had a bunch of it, and and uh, anyway, he started selling it, you know, two hundred bucks a whack. And so so he bought a lot of that for five bucks a unit. <laughs> you know. Awesome. So, anyway, that's the way it was. I did that with signals, signals the. Hottest semenol in those days. Uh, I found out he died. See, I knew most of those stud guys that had those real top bulls, and they'd let me know if one of those famous. The most single was the most And and I found out he was dying, and or he quit uh, making semen And hell, I rounded up all the neighbors, every single, and then Cornhusker Cattle Company that I clipped for. We had North American sale there, and they had a. They had like 300 units of semen. I bought it all for ten bucks a unit,
0: and then mm.
1: and then when everybody found out Signal was dead, there were people advertising Signal semen hundred dollars. See, I knew it was going to mm. come that way, and I had 400 and some units, and uh, I sold to the neighbors some for fifty, and then I, I advertised it for fifty bucks, and everybody else was advertising what they had for hundred, so I was undercutting everybody in half. Single tree in uh, Minnesota, wherever they were from, they were famous, semi outfit. They bought four hundred units from me for fifty bucks. Mm. Figure that out. <laughs> that's what I did. I was that that's the kind of trader I was. Uh, you know, I I didn't have sure. enough cows and Tom and I owned some
0: you know, that we did good with, but anyway. That's my story. Sounds like sounds <laughs> like you're opportunistic. That's good. Yep. Well, yeah.
1: And I still look for. I don't care what breed of bull it is. If I see one I really like, and I did that with and Midas, that Hereford bull. And I didn't own any Herefords till for a while, long time till him.
0: And then he
1: yep. became hot, hot as any of them. Tom,
0: I mean, the, uh, the, the, can you tell the story of how the hell Total Play got hurt, or would you rather not?
3: Well, I mean, Total Play. I mean, the neighbor's bulls got in. Through the fence, and and that was another bull. I turned out, and we had been collecting him, and he was really taking off. But he they got in the fight, and he got stifled. And it was a, another partnership yeah. deal with uh, Crows and, and Dale Blankenship, and uh, owned. Uh, I bought Total Play when he was a calf, baby calf, and, and that Total Play's mom was. Uh, I think Nolan probably knows. I think Billy Miles, uh, he died yep. at, at, after that, but he was uh, one of the big uh, guys in Texas at that time. Except and then he and the mother came out of Hilbert sale of twenty-one thousand dollars. Back then, twenty thousand dollars would be like eighty thousand sure. now, you know. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, and that was uh, and I saw the calf when it was born, and and they let me. Buy in on total play and 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 if you look at the pedigrees total play uh, uh you know they uh, you, the bulls that you guys are selling and, their, and your dad and stuff they they go back to total play oh, yeah. yeah. about so just, for the, just that,
0: for the uh just for the audience i mean we've we've actually reviewed this a time or two in some of these podcasts we've done, but just for the audience if this is their first time listening. Uh total play spawn d bull spawn, bull spawns heat seeker heat seeker spawns heat wave heat wave spawns monopoly and heat wave I mean you know it all goes I mean here I am is out of uh Walks alone, which is Heat Wave Sun So everything that we have to complain about or to get excited about in the year two thousand twenty two, it all goes back to a little boy named Tom Flinger, So thank you, Tom. Thank you. You're
3: Wow. Well, yep. they did earn the, 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 the pedigree of all these books. If you look at the pedigree, they about all go back to him, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. uh
1: This is Nolan, and uh, I just have to tell one that I've always wanted to tell on Tom when we were really young, and uh, I don't know if Tom remembers this one or not, but I was 16 or 17, and Tom lived on the southeast side just almost in town it'd be all suburbs and houses now but but uh they had he had a little pasture out there and and i pulled in there i i had just bought a yellow uh impala 64 impala uh super sport Chevy impala super sport which
4: i wish i still
1: had it but anyway i just bought it there in quincy and i just was going to pull in and see if Tom was there and show him my new car. And anyway, uh, I walked to the house, and his mom said that he's in the pasture in the back, which was about two blocks away. I walked up there, and Tom's running around ch- uh, chasing his cows. I wonder what the heck's going on out there. And of course, he had registered Angus cows that came from uh, through Bud Sloan and Doormat and uh, several other Angus breeders around there, but really good cows at the time. And uh, anyway, he was hauling. there was a Holstein bull in his, in his pasture. And I I see him ch- running them up and there's this big old, looked like, of course back then those Angus cows were pretty small in those, in those days, but here was this huge Holstein bull. He had to be two or three years old anyway, of course hostings never were little you know they're always big cattle and uh and tom was having a fit he, he was out there sweating and and uh i said tom i said thomas let's just run him in the corral he had this little patterson chute or high class handy handy class chute and uh a little pin there and, and i said let's just catch him in the chute and he runs him in there i catch him in the head gate and I mean, this is a monster. He he's as big as a shoe. and I said, Tom, just just go up there and hold up and pull his tail clear over the top of his back. The bull wasn't real wild, so he took it pretty good. And uh, I've got my pocket knife out, and Tom's eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 That's
1: the first time. That's first. Time. He doesn't stutter, but he was stuttering then. And. Uh, <laughs> Sweat and beat hell. And
0: uh,
1: <laughs> so I got my knife out. You know, it wasn't real sharp, but but uh, he said, what are you doing? I said, I said I'm just going to make sure you can't breed your cows. And anyway, <laughs> I mean, I, I cut two slices on each side, and I almost needed a crank to pull them out. But I mean, really <laughs> needed balls. I mean, it, was, it was a bucket of balls when I got done. Yeah, you know, and and Tom was he was raining wet by that time, and he was just chattering. What are we going to do? What of them going to do? Oh, and I said, well, just turn him loose, and he'll probably go go back home to the neighbors, you know,
0: wherever he comes
1: from. Anyway, of course, we let him out, and and uh, of course, we visited a while, and he was still sweating like crazy, wondering what was going to happen. And so I find out all week later that I guess that farmer I guess you know the bull I, I'm sure he wasn't going to come back to Tom's pasture anyway but but uh I guess the vet the local vet who I knew also um uh, I guess he went and talked to to Bill playing their Tom's dad and uh and he said and what he told the he said what he told or he said you tell Tom that don't ever do this again. And then he explained what he, what Tom did. You know, my name didn't get involved, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, the, the vet, the vet, that that guy called the vet. The vet was just down there. He only his office is only a mile down, I guess. And uh, the, that little that farmer called the vet to come out and look at his bull. And uh, he looked at that bull, and of course his Stack is swelled up like he still has his testicles <laughs> in there, you know. And uh, and then uh, he he looks at and he's all he's all scratched up, big old cuts on him, and and he didn't have any cuts anywhere else, you know. But he, anyway, that uh, that bet told that farmer. He said he said he he must have got caught in the fence or something. <laughs> I mean, he's all swelled up. He'll he'll, ne- he'll never breed now. You just take him to sale barn. So that's what he did. But anyway, that vet, that vet had to explain to Bill that he knows what happened. <laughs> so anyway, I think I think Tom I think Tom got scolded for that. So I, guess, I don't think my name is ever mentioned. Tom's a good guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: I on anyway, that story,
3: I that story, no one's right, but I. I always kept my calves and walked by that vet, and I used him. He, he was our vet. And he stopped me after that, and he, he said, Tom, come over here. I want to talk to you. And I went to, <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, what vet school did you, uh, go to? Uh, <laughs> you got a diploma. And I said, what, what do you talk? Well, uh, I, I think I treated one that uh, you did a little vet work on, and I just wanted <laughs> to know uh, what's going on. And, uh, I, I said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, but he said, hey, I already I already know what's going on. So <laughs> that was his story. Knowing all
2: I have to say is... That little lesson you taught him, followed him through life, because I believe it was just a few years ago they cut a bull that was in on him, too. <laughs> so that, was, that wasn't, the that whole was, thing wasn't. No, that
3: was
1: Steve Barton.
3: That was Steve. Steve. Oh, that was Steve, and was okay. he, And that was a neighbor that never cut his bull calves and them around. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they jumped on yeah. to my fence.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the yeah. whole steam bull wasn't the only thing that got cut, basically, yeah. in your life of running cows. Let's just put it that way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I. Yeah. I had a, my dad had a place over pretty close to uh, Lorraine Lorraine Illinois, not too far from Quincy. But
4: uh, I had cows
1: over there years later. You know. And this back then, you could uh, a guy could buy bulls, calves, or yearlings, and leave them as long as you. Tested them, you could kick them out and just run them on you know grass. A bunch of bulls, you know. And I had a neighbor over there, an old guy that always bought bull bulls, and they'd be yearlings with you know they were full you know pretty good sized bulls, and they were getting through the fences on on uh, my side in with my cows. And of course, when I'd go over there, and these darn little bulls be running around trying to breed my cows. And luckily, they weren't real big yet, but but uh uh they they learned I, I trained them with my shotgun my 12 gauge and i had a jeep <laughs> and at Porter college chasing them and i'd have that shotgun out while i was driving the jeep chasing them and i'd get real close and shoot them right in the bag you know and uh,
0: <laughs> and they quit
1: coming across but the old guys had to take these bulls to the sale barn and and uh, they, he said they're all full of Little, hole, uh, little welts little and stuff on there, you know, over. <laughs> Not every one of them I got, you know. And uh, and anyway, he never did it again. He ran bulls over there. He probably figured out
0: what happened. But it, <laughs> I, I was a
1: little bit ornery back then, and, and Tom taught me everything I know. So, am <laughs> 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 <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: I right, Terry?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you guys are blind, lean, blind, too, just like Ty and Dad, Nolan and Dad. That's no different. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. we've all had good times. <laughs> Still for do. For
2: sure. For sure.
1: <laughs> Getting a bit, little bit of, long in the tooth a little bit for doing some things we used to do. You know, but anyway, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, –
0: you got to yeah. tell your story about Steve Martin getting that steer clip for State Fair.
4: Yeah, Tom sent him in there. It was in 1996, and uh, I was gone. But he'd come to clip the steer, and Brenda called me. She said, we got problems. I said, what's that? She said, we're at the uh, emergency room. She said, I said, what's wrong? She said, Steve dropped his clippers and cut his hand. I said, were they on And She said, no. And they put eight stitches in. They said, you can't do nothing. He said, the hell, I can't. Tom Klinger sent me in there to clip this deer. i got to get him clipped. <laughs> so he come back and <laughs> Oh, gosh. The first time I met Tom, we were at AGR, and uh, we showed heifers. And I went and looked at the class, and it said, Tom Klinger. I said, oh, hell, we ain't going to do nothing here. And he was behind me, never met him in my life, and he was behind me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Life. Well, you're all right, I said. I don't know. So they ended up winning the class, and we stood second. And that next fall, we were out of his house looking at cattle. So. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: Kerry oh, uh, was asking me about a couple of steers of mine that burned up, you know, back in the – in the, uh, that had been in – oh, shoot. had been in uh, the six. Yeah, I think Tom might have been in the caravan too, weren't you, Tom, or were you? Yeah, I was. I was following you. We were going to the Illinois State Fair. Remember? Yeah. And a truck I caught on fire.
3: Was, and you and we had the pickup. To yeah. yeah, yeah, but we had all our tack on top of the pickup and boards, and it's all tied on and the calves underneath, and uh, yeah. that the down yeah. heavy straw and that. The caught on fire,
1: uh, you know.
4: I and think you might have been talking
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah, the tailgate. I had, of course, back then we didn't have trailers, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was leading, I think I was leading the the caravan on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, we left the fairgrounds at Menden, at our our county fair, and we always did that about every year. We'd have a caravan going to Springfield, Illinois. And, on that uh, Sunday and uh I was leading I guess I was I was sixteen then and driving a my neighbor's truck. We didn't even have stock racks on our for our little pickup back then and and uh anyway it had a wooden floor on it. And anyway, I was driving along, we were about twenty miles from Springfield and and uh these semis were uh, honking a horn and flashing their lights and cars meeting us and and then i noticed there was smoke coming out of the back of the truck and and happened to be a I, every time i go by that place that place is still there but there, it was kind of a u u-shaped drive and then the house and then that and uh, we, we pulled in there and all kinds of cars pulled in and all of the caravan pulled in there and grabbing buckets and stuff and and uh fire semi stopped and had fire extinguishers and there was this little goldfish concrete uh uh little pool you know outside just for goldfish it's all concrete and stuff and
0: and uh, we were
1: dipping in there to get water to throw on the truck and uh anyway make a long story short of course the steers inside I mean, it, it was, it was really, uh, really tough, you know. Uh, they were all burnt up and, and, uh, welded and, you know, they were groaning and, and, uh, what happened, well, what happened, we found out that that wood floor had a, a hole in it and the muffler burnt through the hole and caught the straw from underneath on fire. And that, that's actually how it happened. But, but anyway, uh, uh State trooper stopped was there too and stopped and and uh, I had to sign papers. He could see the cattle were were suffering and uh, I had to sign papers so he could shoot them in the truck. and uh, of course, of course I everybody goes on and and uh, and of course didn't have cell phones back then and I went to a pay phone in this little town close by and and called. Some people I knew around there, and asked to see if there was a rendering company, you know, where they used to grind the animals, and and happened to be one about three miles away, on a gravel road, and then of course it was Sunday, and there was a it was on a long lane, to where that plant was, the gate was locked, and uh, the ditch. What I ended up doing. I still, I say my show box is on the tailgate, my blue uh, electric boom blower, you know, they had back then on wheels, you know, and stuff, and it was there on there, and I took it off and then got got a couple halters out of the show box, and, and I, one at a time, I backed down in that ditch, right along, you know, it was all fenced in, and I just backed down the ditch and hooked onto a fence post and drove one out at a time and left them along the road and of course no notes or nothing they just found two dead steers and those those two hundred steers been doing pretty good they came from myron minish in iowa and uh i mean that they had really good herfords at that time but so um i go in there to the fairgrounds and i was wondering what the heck am i going to do and and i found i run into these shorthorn people they uh I can't remember the name of them right now. I'll think of it later sometime. But uh, Leveldale. And they had some of the top sword horns there was at that time. And uh, I knew this Scottish guy that was the herdsman and uh, ran into him. And I asked if he need help. He said, sure. So he let me stay. I, of course, I had this fold-out cot, these little plot, or uh, cotton, you know, uh, pl- uh cloth uh cots that you just pull out and uh, set up to sleep on and so I slept in the barn that night by the door the door is open it was looking a little uh, just nice cool where you'd sleep right by the door and had my jeans off. And, and uh when I woke up in the morning my jeans were gone so I had my billfold <laughs> my 16 year old driver's license in there and I had enough money to get me by for few days and everything was gone except for I looked around and had people looking for it that morning I didn't have my I did get my jeans back and, and anyway uh, and then he, he threw way well, actually threw his, my jeans in in a trash barrel right outside the barn this brick barn and then I of course my belt full and everything else was gone but but uh, so I had a rough rough start that year at the state fair so anyway so that's my story so i got i, I grew got up fast i grew up fast
3: i did have great times uh, in a lot of different deals there's so many deals i've done with nolan i haven't been with mark as much but i've had really fun times with him.
4: Sure. and
3: uh, the, the people you meet in this business uh they'll be with you until the day you're gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, yeah. acquaintance, it wasn't selling cattle for me, even like Nolan just liked the, the good cattle and liked to uh, uh, deal and the people that came and brought from me when Mark Ramey came out and everything. It's a friend, It was the friendships I made with the families after sure. I even did business with them that I, I uh, cherished that yeah. were important to me, so yep. that's
4: how it is. Okay. Hey, Matt. But, you know, yes, sir. See all you guys. I got one quick story to see if Tom remembers this. Shoot the I hip. Yep, out. go ahead. I had to get out there early because we didn't have a lot of money. We had to get out and try to pick some of them when it was still little and no one had seen it. So I went out one year and I picked this calf. I seen it, the hair blowing in the wind. I thought, man, that's a great one. That is a great one. And I picked it, and I went home, and in like a week I got a call. He said, Mark, I can't cut that calf. I said, what's wrong? He said, I can't cut him." He said, he's just too good. It ended up being off the O. Do you remember that yeah.
3: yeah, I did. I mean, you're one of the first ones to look at him. <laughs> I remember. I'll be darned. Was,
2: I didn't know that story.
4: What year no, that? But, I ended up still yeah. getting a really good st- – I ended up – we stood fifth overall with the Who Made Who that we bought that year. So he took care of me. He always did.
3: No, you you guys uh, took care of me coming, but I I remember you wanting him. I I you knew good cat. I mean, it was a lot of people that would come. They knew what they uh, was hunting for, and and if if I could help them, I like everybody. You wanted to make a, a good living, but I, I was happy if they went to families that really wanted them and worked on them too. And I like going out and watching the show after that.
4: That's something I'll say about Tom. He always took care of us. He made sure that we had a good steer. And, I mean, through the years, we top ten, top five, reserve, I mean, he made sure that we had a good one.
0: You betcha. Yeah, that would be a good lesson for the younger generation. I mean, uh, you can make a dime on your first calf, you sell somebody, but... uh, I mean, you can make people's money year after year for a 10-year show career if you just take care of them. And it sounds like Tom Slinger and uh, Nolan Fleischer, they always did that. So,
2: Yep.
3: Well, it's good to talk to you guys. All right. Yeah, good to Thank see you guys. Take
2: yep. care. Um, bye-bye.
1: Carol, okay, uh, you behave.
2: Yep, good to talk to you.
1: Yeah, talk to you later.
2: Bye-bye.